0: Hello, this is Stories Told by Friends.
1: Once upon a time, there was a girl dancing like nobody was watching. And there was a boy on stage shredding his guitar. Their eyes met across the dance floor.
0: On today's show, it's more Stories of the Heart. Released for Valentine's Day 2022, but hey... Any time is a good time for romance. I'm Dave Dirksen, and here's my friend Carla with the stories.
1: Hi, it's Carla again, out here in Ottawa, sentimentalizing about Valentine's Day, and just got another personal story for you. We were married on Valentine's Day, and I highly recommend it. So we started dating sometime in mid-January. We mark it by the 23rd of January. And so the romance just keeps going.
0: There were many very romantic gestures in your early relationship, in your engagement.
1: The story begins. Um, Once upon a time, there was a girl dancing like nobody was watching. And there was a boy on stage with no sleeves shredding his guitar, and the girl and the boy, their eyes met, across the dance floor, and the boy said, hey, why don't you come over and see me? And the girl went over and saw him. Destiny. (laughs) A sea of women with big hair, and he's got to pick me out. That's just... (sighs) ah, <sighs> that's how that went down.
0: The rest is history. So you have a, a long tradition of romantic gestures in your relationship with Mark.
1: That's right, date, And I had learned that I should somewhat anticipate them, even though they remained quite a mystery until they were actually happening, which is either a clue that, I'm not quite with it, or Mark's very stealth. I think Mark's pretty stealth. So he was unemployed in January of 1989. He was interviewing heavily. He had flown across the country on a couple of interviews, East and West. He was extremely marketable. I knew that he had had some interviews, and I wanted to get back to Saskatoon right after Groundhog Day to find out how they had gone because I didn't want to be living in my Groundhog Day in Eston for perpetuity.
0: What were you doing uh, in Eston?
1: <laughs> I was teaching. I was teaching grade three. So I knew the banker in Eston, Rob, Rob Bronte? Yeah, I think so. And I would catch a ride with him if he was going back and forth. And so I went to see him at the bank after school one day probably Groundhog Day. And I said, hey, are you going to Saskatoon this weekend? I'd really like to catch a lift, see what Mark's up to and what's going on. And he said, sure, I'll come by school after and pick you up and we'll head out right after school on Friday. I said, great, headed out, whatever highway that is, in between Eston and Rosetown. And Rob's car blows up. Piston goes through the engine and it's not going anywhere. It's minus 40. Flat prairie all around us. There might have been a farmhouse a couple of kilometers that we could see away. And so we start walking and we walk to the farmhouse, knock on the door, car just blew up. Can we phone a tow truck? Would you mind if we stayed warm while we're waiting for this tow truck? Tow truck comes, takes us into Rosetown. And the tow truck driver says, This is as far as I can go. I'm not taking you back to Saskatoon. So I'm not really happy with this solution so I'm looking around Rosetown you look both directions you've seen all of Rosetown and I see a truck stop and there's a big semi truck that is pointed east so I go into the truck stop and I say who's driving that rig and the gas station guy says I think he's in the bathroom so I go into the bathroom and I said who's driving oh, the no. rig
0: don't go in the bathroom oh man <laughs>
1: And it's yeah, I, I'm reliving it right now. And he says, "Would you mind waiting outside? I'll talk to you when I'm out out there." And I said, "Sure," but it's me you're talking to. So he comes out and he doesn't look at anybody else because he, he just sees me standing there with my hands on my hips. And I said, uh, "Would you mind taking us to Saskatoon?" And he says, "Well, there's so many safety rules against that. You're going to have to be on the side of the road and." It's freezing and I just pick you up. It, you, like if we get stopped, you got to tell the cops that I just picked you up at the side of the road out of sympathy. I didn't see you in this truck stop because uh, I can't do that. That's against my safety rules. And I said, no problem. I'll follow you. whatever story you want me to follow. So I have actually ridden in a semi truck. He gets us to the travel Inn in Saskatoon and he says, this is as far as you're going. I said, that's nah, no problem. I can phone my mom from here. And uh it was pretty late, and I call Mark, and he says, "Well, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. I'll wait and see you tomorrow. You just have some time with your mom there and uh society rolls around. Mark spends the afternoon with Bryn, buying cigars and uh so Mark calls me, and he says, "So Bryn and i are gonna we're gonna go to a movie tonight do you, Do you want to come with us and I'm like oh yeah what why is Bryn coming with us so uh Go go to a movie, and uh, then finally, somehow we got rid of Bryn, and Mark takes me down Saskatchewan Crescent, and he says, "Let's go for a walk." It's like it's minus forty. Yeah, let's go for a walk. So we walk up the stairs to the rail bridge, and we start walking across the rail bridge. I've never walked across the rail bridge before. This was my first time up on the rail bridge, so I'm like, "Wow, this is a really." different place takes me right to the middle of the rail bridge and he says it's, it's nice up here isn't it and I'm like yeah that's it's okay he says uh take off your mitten and uh so I take off my mitten he says take off the other one I take off the other one he's down on his knee and I just start crying I'm just like tears are freezing to my cheeks and he makes this beautiful speech about life forever and wouldn't want to leave the city without me. And he takes this cigar out of his pocket, unwraps it, takes the band off of it and puts the band on my ring finger on my left hand and lights up the cigar and we smoke it. So by now he's up off the ground and I think I said yes or I nodded or something. And uh, that's how he proposed to me. He drops me off at my mom's. He goes home to his parents. I go up to my mom's. She's not home. So I go to bed, wake up the next morning, and I say to her, So Mark proposed to me last night. And she says, Oh, yeah, I knew. I knew. Great. My mom had already been asked. So my mom knew what was going down. Mark had already had his meeting with her. My mom had given him her blessing after seeing him around for seven years. So she already knew what was going on and she didn't let on at all. Like I was in her way. I was cramping her plans for her weekend. Yeah, she really made me feel like nothing was happening. Bryn's complaining to him that maybe he should have like tested the size on my finger of the cigar band. And Mark says, no, 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 I'm pretty sure I know the size of Carla's finger. So so Bryn knew. I think we talked about it right away. How are we going to do this? So I got to get out of my teaching contract. That principal wasn't very happy with me. Yeah.
0: There was a higher principal at play.
1: He's got to be in Ottawa by the 16th of February. So we start looking around for somebody to marry us. Mom knows somebody to marry us. So he says, I've got Tuesdays are free. He doesn't have anything to do on Tuesdays. So the next Tuesday is the 7th. That's a bit too fast because i got to get out of my contract the next week. So let's do it the Tuesday after that, which is the 14th. So we got married on the 14th in my mom's living room with Bryn. Uh, Derek was the only other friend that was there. And five members of our family, siblings, three grandparents and three parents.
0: After being engaged for?
1: 10 days. Dated for seven years both living at our parents the whole time, proposed to on the 4th of February, got married on the 14th, moved to Ottawa on the 16th. So we were married on Valentine's Day, 1989. 1999 rolls around and we're coming up to our 10th anniversary. Mark takes me to Whistler and he shows me a great time in Whistler for about three weeks, I think we arrived on Christmas Day, and then we didn't leave until about the fifteenth or sixteenth of January. Had just an amazing time, like skied first to last run. Um, so while we were there, I was I was dropping hints to Mark. You know, our tenth anniversary is coming up. I think it's time I got a proper ring. I really want a really nice ring, and I think for sentimental reasons, we should buy it here in Whistler. He was not on the same page. So I was behaving like a spoiled, pouty, little poopy pants. An S-P-L-P-P, spoiled, pouty, little poopy pants. In the end, we were having such a good time, I didn't get the ring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great buildup. You were too spoiled and pouty for him to agree to that.
1: I realized that it's not the trinkets. I don't need a ring on my finger to remind me that we really enjoy each other. Especially after the ski vacations, I was just like, "What? what is wrong with you? <laughs> the guy loves you. You know this. We get back home and Valentine's Day is coming up. Mark says, do you want to do anything special? And I said, no, I think I'll make a nice dinner for us. We'll stay at home because we've had 10 years of trying to make a reservation on Valentine's Day. And it's, it's becoming a bit of a hassle to, to have our anniversary with thousands of other people who are trying to get a reservation on that day. So I think I'll start to get into the tradition of making dinner at home. And we'll just have a nice romantic dinner at home after you get home from work. So I um, started to prepare the meal. And I had gone out and bought myself a really nice red lace bra, red lace panties, And I thought, you know, I'd really like to kick this up a bit, you know, kick it up a notch. So I thought I'd stuff chocolate in my bra and in my panties and then put my clothes on and continue making dinner. So I'm making dinner and Mark comes home from work and I've spruced up a little bit, but I've still just had a shirt on over top of my gifts. And uh, he comes in puts his arms around me and gives me a hug and a kiss like he always does when he comes home. And he releases me and I've got like these brown stains coming through my shirt. (laughs) And he says, what do you have going on there? And so I unbutton my shirt and I open up my shirt and my chocolate is dripping through my bra, (laughs) across my abs down my thighs and I'm not quite getting the reaction that I thought I should be getting. He's such a good sport. He says, Oh, that's nice. Why don't you go get it cleaned up?
0: <laughs> and so when you bought the chocolate, did you tell people what you were going to use it for? Did you say, did, did you go to a chocolate <laughs> and say, uh, yeah, so I need the chocolate that when I put it into my lingerie will, or, or you didn't ask for that advice. You just thought you knew enough about yeah
1: yeah see when you're when you're 30 you think you know the properties of chocolate enough that you can like work them into pretty much any recipe of love that you've got in mind so yeah that's my valentine's day story and the moral is don't mix chocolate with your lingerie some of it just works on its own so I do have a song request. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., The Candyman. Or if we could just like get a little snippet of it. Do, 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 do. Tell me what.
0: The Candyman okay.
1: makes
0: everything <laughs> big. Satisfying and delicious. There Talk you go. about That's your childhood <laughs> wishes. You can even eat the dishes. Okay. So
1: I'm, I'm the dish in this story. I still don't have a ring. And I've just never really put that as a high priority again. It was just that one year that I was a spoiled little poopy pants. Mark brought it up again for our 30th anniversary. And he actually, I think he had scouted out something in the market. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Let's put it into our retirement. We're really enjoying each other. I don't need a ring on my finger."
0: It's really more yeah. about getting a ring on his finger because that guy's a catch. If he's not wrapped up, I'm sure that you're, you're fending off competition all the time.
1: That's funny because you went without a wedding ring for what, 15, 20 years?
0: Well, that was because, first of all, I still have the scar to show how I almost lost my ring finger getting my, my ring hooked on a sailboat that I capsized. <gasps> That's what I specialize in, in sailing. I always capsize and I was hanging by it. And luckily the boat rocked and I had a really deep cut. I could have lost my finger, but I still wore it after that. But I would take it off when I played basketball From from then on. And I would always tie it into my shoe. And I must have given the shoes to Value Village or something. <laughs> I'm not sure what. So, so I, I, I went without for a while. But unlike Mark, you know, Marlis was not fending off any potential uh, competition.
1: Wasn't too worried about it, I guess.
0: She was not worried about it.
1: The, the number of left-hand wedding ring accidents is far too high. That's an incredibly dangerous thing, Jimmy Fallon. Just about pulled his finger off with his wedding wedding ring.
0: The former dean of physical education lost his finger. The story that I heard was that he could jump quite high, like as a basketball player, and so he jumped up to show he could touch the top of a stop sign. And lost <gasps> it that way. That's the story I heard, but I have no idea whether it's true or if it was on the rim or something. Or but.
1: Well, my cousin was. He was in the moving business, and he was reaching up on a shelf, and his ring got hooked and. His got reattached, but it did come right off. So Ooh. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll leave it there.
0: Do you still have the cigar band?
1: No, I don't. But I'd, I'd be willing to go out and get another cigar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have the bad breath or the cough from smoking a cigar? <laughs> that tends to last quite a while also.
1: No, no, just the memories. Just that's the wonderful good. memories.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. You've got this tradition of romantic gestures and and storybook uh, love affair elements. It's lovely.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And yet I can still be an S-P-L-P-P.
0: Definitely. But <laughs> yeah, he, he knew that going in. So no problem. He
1: knew that going in.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> Does he handle it pretty well? Yeah, I think he does.
0: You're pretty lucky.
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. Yeah. 33 years.
0: (laughs) It's ingenious to have Valentine's Day as your anniversary. That's just the best planning of all time. I just think that's fantastic. Because it's basically like a mini anniversary every year, anyway, right? So,
1: exactly. You
0: get a two for one. (laughs) You have to do it big, but you do get a two for one. Now I've got two Valentine's episodes. Right on. The first one is about crushes in junior high. Nice. Yeah. So you may have a follow-up story on that one too. Marlis did.
1: (laughs) Well, there's an intersection again because Carla was at high school when I was at high school crushing on this other boy. And Mark probably played at some of the dances that I slow danced with this boy. Oh, it's getting hot. Did I? (laughs) It's getting hot. I think I got to go lay down.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, say hi to Mark.
1: I will. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, that was fun.
1: You back. Love you guys so much. You too.
0: See you soon. Let's Bye. Talk. Yeah, yeah back. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Who can, Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with dew. Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two.
0: Thanks to Carla for those heart and chocolate warming recollections. I hope you enjoyed hearing them. And I thank all of you for listening. Remember, there are more stories on their way in 2022. Subscribe and you'll get them as soon as they're published. Also, do you have a favorite story to tell? I'd love to hear it. Stories told by friends at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. Right now, I'm creating an episode on clubs. Those groups that people create and belong to. You know, Fight Club. That one's taken, but you know. Are you part of a club? What makes it unique? Email or phone 306-665-3101 to let me know. Be great to have you on the show. All right. Thanks again. And I will leave you with this outtake in which Carla is suggesting a disclaimer to precede the story she just told.
1: Parental guidance is suggested. Some of the content is of mature quality and Maybe a little risque for younger ears.
0: Little risque, yeah. It'd be a little, <laughs> little dirty.
1: <laughs> Might be some brown stuff involved. <laughs> Ooh, that's
0: not just hear the people just clicking off.